Hello, hello. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Optimizing Your Financial World. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. We've got Mark Wade, president of Echelon Family Office, standing by. He'll be joining me momentarily. Uh, but look, first and foremost, got to take a second to thank you for finding your way back to the show. As many of you know already, Mark and I, we unpack different wealth management-related topics each episode. You know, we've hit a lot on family wealth in the last two episodes surrounding preparing heirs for inheritance. We dove into the family constitution in our last episode. Today, we're going to pivot a little bit. We're going to get out of the family wealth dynamic, but we're going to get into kind of a, shall we say a topic that's not as exciting to most, but I will say there's a lot of value here. You know, Mark's bringing nearly four decades of experience to this show. And trust me, there's value in this strategy we're going to be talking about today. He's going to unpack it for us, show us why, uh, you know, it has some benefits that, you know, can be overlooked in some instances. And then of course, how that might be able to be applied to your own financial well-being. So what I'm talking about today is life insurance. You know, it's a topic, again, of course, it doesn't draw the same type of excitement that maybe the investment, you know, management does, but it's actually one of the most flexible and versatile tools that we can have within our wealth management portfolio. And luckily, we've got Mr. Mark Wade to walk us through why that is. So, hey, Mark, good to see you. Welcome aboard the show. Great to see you today, Ryan. Thanks for having me back. Hey, Mark, always a good time to have you on this show. And, and look, I'm looking forward to today's discussion because we're getting away from the family, you know, family wealth dynamic that we've covered in the last two episodes. But I like this one a lot today because, uh, you know, life insurance, yes, it's not the most exciting of topics, but there's real value here. And I want to get into that today. So you're a firm believer here, Mark, that life insurance should be a key part of most people's wealth plan. Why is that exactly? Absolutely, Ryan. And you know, when you look at life insurance and why it's really so important, you've got to look at the big picture, right? So the big picture is wealth planning. Now, life insurance, it, it doesn't exist all by itself. It, it doesn't exist in a vacuum, okay? It, and it can impact so many different aspects of your financial life, which is why we have to view it not isolated all by itself, but as a component of your broader plan to manage your wealth. You know, wealth planning, it's really meant, you know, to address a multitude of financial concerns. And, you know, given the versatility that life insurance has, it's often a major component of, of most of our clients' planning efforts. Uh, and it's done not only by the affluent, but, you know, maybe they're not so affluent too. But, you know, what's important is you really have to have skilled advisor because, you know, it's, it's, it's not the only solution that you likely need as some people might have you think, okay, but it can play an extremely important role in helping you achieve your family goals. Sure. Mark, you and I have touched on this show before, just the importance of having a trusted wealth planner, a trusted wealth advisor to walk you through the various you know, facets that exist in this world. Mark, you do it on a regular basis for your clients at Echelon Family Office. And I'd love to kind of pick your brain a little further on this matter as to, you know, can we have you talk about really just the importance of wealth planning and, and developing that big picture idea for your wealth plan? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, to achieve most of your personal and financial goals, you're likely going to need to engage in wealth planning, which at its core is a comprehensive planning process. And it's designed to address all the different moving parts of your financial and legal world, right? Especially the complex 
and sometimes the thorny ones. Sure. Uh, you know, really effective wealth planning incorporates state-of-the-art technical expertise and you know high-level legal strategies along with the financial products. And, you and the trick is to try to get them all to work together in a synergistic manner. Uh, and based on that, you know, the real key element around your specific situation is this wealth planning. Without a global plan to bring all these pieces together, uh, it's, it's almost impossible to do. So in other words, it's very tailored and it's very customized to the individual. Right. So what I'm hearing from you, Mark, here is that the focus really in wealth management is on the person and not the products that exist, correct? Uh, yes, Ryan, ab absolutely. In other words, you know, the aspect of, of wealth planning that really differentiates it from less comprehensive planning is what we call, hold on to your seat because it's not the first time you've heard this, the human element. Okay, and, and as, as we've discussed many times before, that human elephant means you, know, you, the client, takes center stage in the process. Okay, and any technically brilliant solutions that any of the players should come up, uh, come up with you know, on behalf of you, the client, are carefully arranged and are carefully deployed around your specific situation. So really the bottom line is wealth planning is done, done right, is really grounded in what you want. It's what the family wants to achieve and what you need. So uh, including, including what you want and what you need in the process, that's the core of really where wealth planning begins. And, you know, most people, they care about their family. And so we weave in what your intentions and what your desires are for your family. And important along those lines are the legal strategies uh, are, work tantamount. They work together with the legal solutions, although they're never the main focus. The main focus, Ryan, is you, the client. So that being said, given how comprehensive of an approach wealth planning as a whole really is, Mark, are there any, you know, telltale signs or indicators that, you know, a, somebody can identify to say, hey, maybe it's time that I engage a wealth advisor or wealth manager to go through this process and, and say, you know, maybe it's worth taking this next step. Well, yeah. And, you know, you can evaluate whether or not you need wealth planning by asking yourself a few simple questions. You know, and, and although they, they seem simple on the surface, they're, they're really very critical in determining to what degree and to what level you need wealth planning. And, you know, the first one really comes down to, uh, even though, in, again, in its simplest form, uh, you know, do you want to make certain financial uh, changes to the financial welfare for your loved ones? And, and the causes that you care about. Do you want to make changes to make sure that your loved ones and your family are properly taken care of? Number one. Uh, another one that's really good to ask yourself, you know, do you want to be confident? Do you want the confidence that you have the wealth you're going to need, whether it's for your business or for retirement, okay? If you should live well into your 90s, and I'm being told nowadays 100 years old is not out of the question, okay? And then the, another question that, that some people oftentimes don't think about, you know, do you want to ensure that if you own a business, if you're part of a business, that your business thrives, if you should lose a key person in that business, or if your partner dies, how are you going to handle that? 
economically and legally? Do you have all the pieces in place? So if you can answer yes to any of these questions, that's a concern to me. That's a good indication you need to do wealth planning. Yeah, Mark. So I really do appreciate you kind of sharing those questions with us. And yes, while they are a little high level on the surface, there is a lot that gets you thinking when it comes you know, to the answers to each of those questions. But hey, today's episode, really, we have a big focus on life insurance here, but it helps to set the scene on the need for wealth planning as a whole. So let's get back to life insurance here. Walk me through this part that it plays with wealth planning. Ryan, the first thing I would say is the people need to understand that Life insurance is just another tool in the toolbox. So like that highly recognizable tool of Swiss Army Life, the uh, life insurance can serve multiple purposes and get multiple jobs done for you. That's not to say that life insurance is some kind of magic bullet and it solves all your financial related matters because it really doesn't. Uh, It's just a tool to use for a variety of different jobs. It has potential that it can be significantly effective and a very formidable tool when you use it as part of your wealth planning, uh, you know, one with enough versatility and it can serve a, a powerful role under a variety of circumstances. Mark, I love that analogy with the Swiss Army knife. It really is a versatile tool. So Mark, in your conversations then with clients, how do you highlight life insurance to ultimately show how versatile it really is when you're having these discussions with clients? Well, as I mentioned, it, it can do many things and under different circumstances for different families. But in general, let me narrow it down to three. Okay, so the first I would say would be liquidity. So upon the death of the insurer, that life insurance policy automatically converts into cash because there are going to be bills to pay. There are going to be debts to settle. Uh, and so that life insurance provides that immediate liquidity. The other thing is leverage. So with respect to most successful entrepreneurs and business owners, right, the relationship between the premium dollars they pay and the insurance proceeds that their beneficiaries are going to receive, it often favors the insured. In other words, I'm saying for a little bit of money, for a little bit of premium dollars expended, the death benefits can oftentimes be enormous. So in some circumstances, there's even the ability, you know, to generate tax advantage wealth that can be used before death for other various purposes. And one of those could be business purposes. You know, it creates a pool of money that you can access properly on a tax-free basis to use for various different uh, uh, things that pop up in the normal course of life or for unexpected business needs. Uh, and And then certainly presuming that life insurance has been properly structured and adjusted, uh, and that's critical. You can have the finest life insurance policy from a AAA rated company in the world, but if it's not owned properly, if it's the, if the beneficiary designations don't match what the estate planning documents say, if it's not paid for properly, it, it, it could be, it could be a terrible, uh, a terrible transaction. So, you know, presuming that all the life insurance has been properly structured and adjusted and its use has been refined. Uh, then the expected benefits will be there when you want them. And oftentimes those benefits will be there tax-free. So Mark, yeah, given all that flexibility, man, with liquidity, you know, leverage, and then you had just mentioned certainty, uh, I can imagine there's a handful of goals then that life insurance can help somebody achieve. So given that level of flexibility, what are those goals that life insurance can help somebody achieve? Ryan, very often life insurance is the most assured and cost-effective way 
for you to provide these three things, right? You can provide for your loved one and the causes that you care about. You can provide cash to address personal needs and wants in the future, and you can provide money you know, that's required to address critical business concerns. Uh, those three very important things. Yeah, Mark, I, I want to get into each one of them because I feel like there's a lot to unpack there. Let's dive into them. Could you, you know, show us how, yes, this first one, you know, providing for your loved ones and the causes that you care about. Walk us through how life insurance plays with this one and then carry us through those next two. Absolutely. You know, not everyone realizes that they need life insurance, right? You know, thinking and talking about your own death is not a really comforting thing to do. Okay. And, and, and for a lot of people, uh, it's, it's, they find it very disconcerting. Uh, in some cases, people buy life insurance to build an estate to start with. So they're looking to make sure their loved ones are going to be financially protected, you know, the way that they want them to be. And they use life insurance to that end to create an estate for them at the end, to create this large sum of money, then that can be managed for the benefit uh, of their heir, the uh, insurance heirs. Uh, an example, let's take an entrepreneur that's got his wealth tied up in a business, for example. This happens all the time. I see it all the time, right? So uh, when one of the business owners passes away, it may be that your family doesn't have the money to continue to run that business uh, until the business is sold, uh, or maybe it's sold under forced conditions to pay the bills. So a premature death you know, obviously, besides being devastated to the family, you know, life insurance proceeds can also be used to create wealth to settle any debts at the uh, at the deceased's uh, demise. Another issue that crops up in this category is if you want to transfer your wealth in equal amounts to your various heirs. We call this estate equalization. So say, for example, you have two children and one of them's in the business and is quite active in running the business. And the other one is not. The other one is a professional doing something else. And at the demise of, of uh, the insured, uh, it would be the, the insured's intent that the uh, child working in the business should receive the companies in as much as they've run it now and they can hopefully can uh, cause it to, to grow during, during his lifetime. So but how do you handle how do you make the other child whole? Well, that life insurance could create that pot of money so that one child gets the business and the other child gets the cash. So you could then give the company to the child who runs the business and give the life insurance proceeds to the child who's not in the business. So well, that's one way or a couple of ways to use it. And, and then, you know, another way is, you know, life insurance can be used to support the charities that you care about. Everyone has those special causes and uh, things that are close to their heart that they want to make a meaningful difference for. So, you know, a charity can be a beneficiary or a partial beneficiary of a life insurance policy. So if you use certain types of charitable trusts, which we use all the time, you might want to incorporate a life insurance policy into that strategy so that while you may give assets to a charity when you pass away, your family gets made whole with the proceeds from the life insurance policy. So it's everybody wins in that case, except unfortunately the deceased person. 
Sure, sure. Mark, I really appreciate you kind of giving us those examples and that high level overview on how life insurance can obviously impact your loved ones and the causes you care about, because I feel like this is this is what most people view of life insurance and how it can really benefit people. So I want to get into these other two, uh, you know, avenues that you had mentioned to us. So could you kind of walk me through that second benefit that you mentioned earlier and how life insurance can be used to help um, really provide you with the cash to deal with a future need. Walk me through this. Yes. Another key reason life insurance can be such a virtual, uh, a, a really a versatile wealth planning tool, uh, extremely effective wealth planning tool is that some policies have what's called uh, uh, what we refer to as the cash account. Okay. That's the portion of the premiums that are contributed to the account. And those funds grow tax deferred over time. That tax deferred compounding can grow a, a significant uh, a significant balance in those accounts. So the ability for the money in the cash account to grow without the drag of taxes is extremely powerful. So those monies grow on a tax deferred basis. They're not taxed each and every year. So that can potentially uh, result in a substantially greater amount of money than might accrue in a taxable investment account. On top of all of that, you know, you may be able to withdraw that money and not be taxed on it also. Because if you withdraw the money in the proper ways, uh, and it depends how you structure that policy and how it's paid for, you may be able to use that money and not pay taxes on it when you withdraw it. Man, that's that's a big one right there. So appreciate you sharing that. I mean, yes, life insurance can be used as you just laid out for us to address a future need for yourself. Most people aren't identifying life insurance policies as a means to be able to do this kind of thing. So appreciate you sharing that one with us. Let's move to that final one, Mark. You had mentioned how life insurance can really be used to address a business concern if you're an entrepreneur. Walk us through this. Sure. If you're a business owner, you may have a key employee in your company who's very important to the success of the company, let's say maybe a top salesperson. Okay. If he or she were to prematurely pass away, right? Uh, would you, how would your company suffer? Would they be, would you be in any significant disadvantage for the loss of your top salesperson? So one of the ways to effectively deal with that is the company could purchase insurance on you and the key employee. This would give the business the capital it needed to keep going in the wake of that death, as well as you know, time for you to find a suitable replacement. Or let's say you have uh, equal partners in the business, okay, and one of them dies. Okay, so maybe there's two or three partners in the business, and you don't want to be in the business with his or her heirs. Now, a strategy that is known as a buy-sell agreement, you know, can help you avoid that predicament. And uh, by setting out the valuation method of the company in advance, how this company will be valued uh, at one of the partner's demise, and the life insurance could provide the pool of money necessary to pay that partner's family, so that you then... Uh, you then purchase the, the stock from the deceased partner. That family gets the money, you get the stock. So your family can go on to, uh, to run the business in the manner in which that you really want to. So life insurance can be a, an extremely important part of uh, the continual uh, ability of your company to operate in the way that you want it to run. It can also be a source of some tax deferred compensation for key employees too. And we call that key employee uh, insurance or, or uh, non-qualified uh, deferred compensation along with an individual's qualified deferred compensation like uh, you know 401ks and 403Bs, 457Cs, all the 401, or the four uh, <laughs> uh, 
programs that fall under ERISA. Sure. So it can be an additional program where uh, you're able to provide additional deferred compensation to a key employee. Man, Mark, I, I mean, three massive avenues, you know, uh, that you've laid out for us and how life insurance can really help solve, uh, you know, a, 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 an issue, you know, it can, it can provide for the loved ones and the causes that you care about. You had mentioned to us that it can help, you know, address a future need. And then this last one that you just hit on to address a business concern as a business owner. I mean, man, there's a lot in this conversation, a lot of benefits, uh, you know, with life insurance as a whole. So Mark, if anybody's out there watching, listening to this episode, they're hearing the benefits of life insurance, maybe they want to continue the conversation with you and your team at Echelon Family Office. How should they go about reaching out to you guys to maybe get some more questions of theirs answered on this front? Sure. Thanks, Ryan. So you can reach us uh, through our website, echelonwealth.com. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N, the word wealth.com. Uh, you could email me directly at mwade, that's M-W-A-D-E at echelonwealth.com. Or you could uh, call our office directly at uh, 888-892-9882. Awesome. Well, hey, Mark, look, we really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to walk us through the benefits of life insurance throughout wealth planning as a whole. And I'm looking forward to jumping aboard with you for our next episode down the road. Great, Ryan. Great session today. I look forward to next time. Have a great day. All righty. Appreciate it, Mark. And hey, look, we want to take one final moment, as always, to thank you, our audience, for jumping aboard with us today. As always, remember, if you liked what you saw today, you liked what you heard, please like the comment, com or excuse me, like the content, comment on the content, subscribe to it, share this information with friends and family, because these are ultimately strategies, insights into wealth management, wealth planning. Today, it was life insurance that could ultimately benefit you and help optimize your own financial world. So for Mark Wade, I'm Ryan Ruff. We're saying so long today, and we will see you next time on Optimizing Your Financial World.